0: Welcome back to the episode of Too Many Men. We have a really fun episode today. Um, Pamela Maldonado from Odd Shark will be joining us in a little bit. Talk about the Super Bowl, how to bet it, what she likes on the game, and how this season has been different than any other football season. Um, but first, I want to talk a little hockey, because I don't get to talk about my favorite hockey team often, but I will do it right now because they are currently leading the league in COVID cases. Leading every league in COVID cases. Leading sports.
1: 14. That's.
0: Now, to be fair, fair, not all of those players are on the list because
2: they have COVID. Two
0: players because of travel. Uh, And one player because of the birth of his son. Yeah. So, 11.
2: I think think every player that was in the game on Sunday is on that COVID list.
0: Almost. And I think they'll all get there. The only one who maybe won't. uh, No. Comrie will. He was the starting goal. Yeah, player. yeah, but... Wedgwood would. Will. Yeah, he was on the bench. He was in yeah. the locker room. Well, they were all in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want to give a shout-out to Lindy Ruff for giving P.K. Subban shit. I thought that was beautiful. Did you see that? I love that team.
2: I, love I hope Lindy, Lindy Ruff doesn't get it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like Lindy Ruff's odds if he gets it. He's a little bit on the older side. Yeah, he's very old. So... The Buffalo Sabers are furious at the National Hockey League and the New Jersey Devils, and I'll be real with you—they have an argument. I don't think so. All right, let's 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 look at this. They do. A pl- one player got uh, added uh, to the COVID uh, list. Let's one go player. back a few days earlier. Let's look at Zajac. Okay, Zayak gets added, and then no other players test positive for two days, well, and then Palmieri gets added after Saturday. No, 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 not even at before Sunday, like noon. on um, yeah, with a one o'clock puck drop. I understand, but. The whole thing with the league is that your players are supposed to be socially distanced enough that one player getting it should not affect the rest of the room. But this is is a team that just took a flight, and the Sabres asked the league. First, the Sabres asked the Devils, and the Devils said, ask the league. Which, step one, not a good sign. And the league goes, okay, you're fine. And now Buffalo has two players on the COVID list, Rasmus Ristalainen and Taylor Hall. Yeah, fuck Taylor Hall. It could be more. (laughs) It, going to it's gonna be more. It most likely will be more. Well, they're they're suspended. You know, they're they're also going to be suspended for a couple games. Not suspended. Uh, their games Postpone. are postponed. Postponed. Their games be- uh be- for the Sabers and Devils will not be occurring at least through the eighth and ninth. It looks like the Devils might be a bit longer. Oh yeah, this will be. I think oh. this is going to be the longest break for any NHL club this season. Uh why which means the devils are going to have an extremely compressed schedule How down the stretch the <laughs> because let's say it's 2 weeks you're postponing 7 games <laughs>
2: and, and look at the two teams that got it too New Jersey and Buffalo are we shocked
0: if there's a team this was going to happen to I would have said cuz this is totally not Buffalo's fault whatsoever like it's not I don't think it's
2: anybody's fault
0: no no but but if you're yeah. going to even put blame somewhere, just to say it is their fault a little bit, it's New Jersey. Buffalo It's they, Buffalo said, are we sure we should be playing today? <laughs> and the league went, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you know why? Because it's New Jersey and Buffalo. Yeah, Why not? It's a matinee. It's the only game going on. It's a one o'clock on a Sunday between two bottom feeders in the East Division. Bottom feeders. Projected bottom feeders sir, in the East Division. Sir. Bottom feeder, Get
2: out of here with that. Devils They're tied are, right now. Devils are
0: they are tied in points right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. They're
0: tied right now in points. Uh, where Where are we in the standings? Are we below Buffalo in the standings? No. Ooh. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo has the extra. Uh, Buffalo's no. behi- Buffalo has, an extra, has another loss. They have an overtime Buffalo's loss. Buffalo's not bad. Buffalo's behind us. Uh, so are the Islanders and the Rangers. Devils are currently in fifth. Yeah, so then it goes Buffalo, Islanders, Rangers. Yeah. And then above us is Pittsburgh. They're ahead by a point. God, come on. Say, you know, We're you supposed, know to play, are supposed to play tonight? I know. We would have kicked the shit out of them, too. But you you even, know
2: who's good this year? Washington. Yeah.
0: Well, Washington, Except for last night. Washington just lost their first game of the season in regulation. And that was blowing a three-goal lead against the Boston Bruins.
2: <laughs> you know who else is good this year? Montreal. Montreal's very
0: Montreal. good. Shout-out Montreal for covering the puck line tonight. Oh, my God. That was a... Oh, that was a ride. I'm sweating it out.
2: Tyler Toffoli has nine goals this year.
0: Dude, I, I had Montreal minus one and a half, and of course Vancouver makes it a one-goal game with 30 seconds left, and Jeff Petrie, a man who I will forever be a fan of now, walks down the ice and scores the empty United with five seconds left. How
2: much did he win you? Uh,
0: he, they're in a parlay, and the parlay is looking good at the moment.
2: Listen, Not Tyler Toffoli out fully nine goals this year, eight of them against the Canucks. That's ridiculous. Can we just talk
0: about the fact that Montreal has played ten games and they're a plus seventeen goal differential? Playing uh, Vancouver will do that to you. Well, they're playing yeah, Vancouver, having, Toronto. Having, well, they played Vancouver, I think, five times now.
2: Also, they've you played else them five that times,
0: five or four, yeah. Yeah. Jeez.
2: Having Carey Price will do that to you.
0: Having Carey Price will also do that. Carey Price is having an insane year so far. Yeah, Montreal great, yeah. might be the best team in the NHL. Oh, they are. Mm. They are. Um, it's early. They're also they only are. playing Canadian teams. When it teams. comes from back end out, they're the, Canadian, the best team in hockey. The Canadian teams do not have good defense.
2: Montreal ended last season. Montreal does. With
1: Montreal,
0: yeah. They, but that's it. It's incredible. Like, Edmonton awesome. has no defense. Yeah, but what At te- all. Yeah, Toronto but- has no defense. Vancouver has, like, a couple good defensive players. Winnipeg has, eh, defense. The North Division in the NHL. And Ottawa is just dog The shit. North Division in the NHL possesses the best team and the worst team in hockey. Ottawa is terrible. Ottawa is They still have one win. Yeah, one seven and one.
2: One seven one. They're bad.
0: I had the over. I had the over in the Ottawa Edmonton game. It was it it was six and a half goals. They scored eight in the first period for me. They've played nine games. They are a minus-22 goal differential, Ottawa. Dude. (laughs) It's tough on a consistent basis when you have to defend Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Elias Pettersson, Tyler Toffoli, and, well, Patrick Laine is gone. But players like that, and it's just – To be – to to that Matt Murray's awful. To put that into perspective, the second worst goal differential in the league right now is Detroit, and they're a minus-15. And I would say Detroit is far and away better than Ottawa. (laughs) <laughs> like, I thought Ottawa was going to take a considerable step forward this season. They have not. Matt Murray is so, terrible. Their GM right now, it's not looking good for him because he put all his stock in Matt Murray, and here we are with a minus how many goal differential did you say? Minus, 20, minus 22. Minus 22 goal differential <laughs> 10 games into the season.
2: Yeah. So, the other thing. Blazers won. This is this is my new favorite stat. Connor David and Leon Dreisaitl have more points combined than the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, it's insane. And the Oilers are currently not in a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, Edmonton's in 5th. Yeah, they score a lot of goals. They don't keep a lot of them out. Most of it because they don't have a goaltender. They also they have no defense. Their defense is dog shit. That's why I'm saying They play like, Ottawa you know, tonight, plus so 17. So they are about to bump up in the standings. We're going
2: to we're going to get a goaltender and they resign sign my snow.
0: Yeah, but Edmonton needs a goaltender. They're 5-6-0. No, they I mean, haven't even gotten overtime. I never thought I would say this, but they need Mike Smith back in the worst possible way. Can we talk about the East Division and how they just go to every fucking—every game goes to overtime, it seems like. That's the division that's going to gather the most points. It's so yeah. weird. Because, I mean, the other night you had the Rangers and the Penguins. You had Devil's Sabres the other day going— uh, every game, every game's close. Every team is competitive in that division. Every it's single just going to come down to who has more firepower in mm-hmm. a three-man situation Yep. That, and who's going to win those games. So <laughs> Washington. Yeah. Every look towards game. your Washingtons, your Pittsburghs with <laughs> Crosby and Malkin. That's not fair. But yeah, every, every single team. I don't think any other... By that logic, Buffalo should
2: do well. But There's no other division where time.
0: every team has gone to overtime at least once. There
2: would be nothing I would like to see more than Buffalo make the playoffs.
0: To end the drought? The double-digit year drought?
2: You sign a former MVP and end the drought?
0: I kind of want to see it fail, though. So do I. Because I don't... Fuck w- Buffalo. Fuck C- Jack Eichel. Buffalo, I love Jack Eichel. He's so Jack good. Michael I Boston. love that man, and... Why doesn't he leave Buffalo? He has to get out of there. When's he a free He's agent? He's not a free agent for a while. Oh. But
1: he'll
0: Was request he a, free a trade agent out. Was recently? He's restricted, and he signed uh. the max. No, but Buffalo. the
2: rain... The Rangers wanted him bad. I think they still do.
0: Yeah, I don't want that. Neither do I. Like, send him out west. But, but hey, shout out to the Rangers, bottom of the division. Let's go. They've oh. had some and things happen D'Angelo. the past couple of days. Oh, my God, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. How about that? Let's talk about that for a okay. minute. Okay. So, Tom, did yeah. you hear about this? There's a lot of rumors swirling about this. There's All a right, lot of so w- let's D'Angelo. talk about the confirmed stuff first. Tony D'Angelo, one of their best defensemen, in my opinion, fifty-five points, (laughs) which is bad because he's not good (laughs) defensively. Offensively, he's a great defenseman. (laughs) Well, they traded away all their good defensive defensemen. (laughs) Like last, they signed Jack Johnson and thought that was going to be the answer. (laughs) No, keep going. They uh, uh, the the Rangers are confusing. They're bad. They sent (laughs) Tony D'Angelo. Down to the AHL. Oh, and that immediately sent everybody. No, into a no, we got it. We got to go no, before no. that. to oh, go before that? Okay, right. let's go, go to ahead. the go miscommunication ahead. in overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Leads to a Sidney Crosby overtime goal. And then there's a confrontation in the locker room between Tony D'Angelo and goaltender Alexander Georgiev. Georgiev is sitting there, depressed, just let up the overtime goal. D'Angelo walks by, makes some kind of comment. No one's sure what it is. Georgiev gets up and socks him. <laughs> Punches him right in the face. Keandre Miller, Chris Kreider, they come over. They break up the situation. And the next day, Tony D'Angelo's put on waivers. Yeah, put, and no waivers. team touches him. No. And in that 24 hours where he was on waivers, rumors start coming out that he's been mistreating rookie Keandre Miller. Tony D'Angelo has a history with slurs. In his junior days, Keondre Miller is an African American hockey player. There were rumors that that was going on.
2: Two times he was suspended in the OHL.
0: Those rumors have since been somewhat debunked by the NHL, uh, by the New York Rangers and Keondre Miller's agent. See, but would you come out and say? Keondre Miller's agent. I understand. But would you come out and say? If. Let's say the Rangers came up to you and said, listen, we're really sorry this happened. He's going down to the AHL. He's not going to see the delighted day in the NHL again. The problem is the Rangers have had problems with this kind of stuff before. Not yeah. racial, but trying to cover stuff up with players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand. It's but- tough to bring up the Derek Bougard situation, and uh, they also had another player who was being bullied, and then they just sent him down to the AHL, and like that was going to fix that. But there was also a rumor that Tony D'Angelo stole Keandre Miller's first career NHL goal puck. Yeah. That has that since been debunked, debunked by Calder Miller's agent saying, no, that he gave it to the trainer, like a veteran on the team would, and it's currently being yeah, framed also, for him.
2: Also from the GM and also from Jeff Gordon and John Davidson.
0: Yeah, and the thing with Jeff Gordon was he was very upset by the way Tone D'Angelo carried himself off the ice. And apparently before training camp, he went to D'Angelo and said, listen, one more incident and you're gone. Mm. And... Punching your backup goaltender in the face is definitely an incident. Well, to be fair, the backup goaltender punched him, right? Yeah, well, getting into a confrontation with your backup (laughs) goaltender after blowing a miscommunication in overtime is definitely an incident. Yes.
2: But then, today it comes out, about 6 p.m. from Rick Carpinella the athletic. Now, all of a sudden, after that Keandre Miller thing was debunked,
0: now there's a
2: widespread trade interest in Tony D'Angelo.
0: A ton of teams are now interested in him, which...
2: And everything should be at that which point. It, which it makes you
0: impressive. think, why didn't any of these NHL teams call
1: the well, Rangers uh,
0: front office here's, here's or Keandre Miller's agent and ask when he was free on waivers? Now you have to give up an asset for him. Here's what I'm thinking. The Rangers, if you noticed, all those rumors were flying until he cleared waivers. And then yeah. all the rumors went away. So then it was like, oh, no, no, we no. We can still recoup of an true. asset. None of that was true. The other, the I other think thing it is, might be true. I think well, that they're trying to cover it up just so they can get him off of their hands because he's such a problem. Like, would you come out, right, and just say, yeah, he's a problem. Like, this is the issues we've had with him, and we can't control him anymore, so we're putting him on waivers. Then a desperate team is going to look at that and say, we could probably handle that and claim him off of waivers and give up a third. Dude, i gonna be real. Here. Tony D'Angelo is a piece of shit. I see him on Twitter and his burner accounts, his history with that, yes. the way he handled himself in the OHL, and I I personally would not want him near my franchise whatsoever. I would not want him around my young prospects. Didn't he score like five points against the Devils yeah. last season? I mean, uh, he did. The way he carries himself is just not the way you want a professional to carry himself. No. like For a completely different fight. reason, Danny Heatley was looked upon – Awfully, and he was a pretty solid player, fifteen oh seven.
2: You're my hall of famer.
0: Yeah, fifteen oh seven, which Danny Heatley would never let you forget. <laughs> but I, if I'm, I, if Not Edmonton's board, I have them minus one and a half. <laughs> um, if well, I'm well, a team they're like, they're like Tony D'Angelo is terrible defensively, but he puts up points. And if I'm a team looking to build around a young defense, which is where Tony D'Angelo would fit, I would not want him around my young team. Yeah. And if you're a team looking to compete right now, let's say an Edmonton Oiler that really needs defense, how much does Tony D'Angelo walking in there really improve your defense?
2: Mm. Not. The other, thing, the other thing is this. I think it's a different thing. I think it's because they didn't want to pay the $4.8 million a year for the salary cap.
0: That too. Apparently there, were, was there was some, some- – when he signed his bridge deal, like that—that that was he was signed simply so they could trade him.
2: Yeah. That was same with Ryan Strom.
0: Yeah. Both of which they have had no, uh, no positive movement in which is, trading him.
2: Which is weird because Ryan Strom last year was a borderline sixty-point player. They see
0: through Strom though. You can see through Strom and say, okay, he's playing with Panera. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. I mean, listen. Like, take we last year out, strong's not a good player. We see through Strom, but we don't see through half the people on Edmonton playing with McDavid. No, we do. Yeah. Outside of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Who's so good. Everybody is completely aware that there is nobody. Like, James Neal is awful. Tyler Ennis, is he still there?
2: No, well, no, well, you're, here's the thing. If James Neal only played in October, he would rival Gretzky.
0: He's awful this year because there was no October hockey. Mm-hmm. That's why Like Last year in October He had like 9 goals (laughs) And I don't know how many He finished the season with But It was like You started off with 9 In like 10 games And you finished with You finished with 19 (laughs) (laughs) That's not good How how do you do that? 10 games in The Tony D'Angelo He said no I'm done before the thing came out today saying that a ton of teams are interested in him, I would have bet heavily that Tony D'Angelo would not be playing another NHL game. This man screams finishing his career in the KHL. Because yeah. everywhere he goes, with the exception of Arizona, I guess, because he was there for such a short period of time, there's been a problem. Mm-hmm. And you, ba- you throw it all the way back to the interview his dad gave on television – Saying I use slurs all the time, it's just the way I was brought up, it's a part of my daily life. And if I was playing in the same league that uh, my son was, I would probably be suspended too.
2: Remember when every Devils <laughs> fan to at say the that,
0: draft act like that's gonna be okay that's what he said.
2: <laughs> Remember when every devil's fan at the draft wanted Tony D'Angelo because he was from Sewell?
0: Thank God. They did not draft him. Granted. If the Devils would have touched him, he would not have put up 55 points in the season. He would have put up something like 2 and been a minus 5,000. <laughs> and also been a racist on top of it. That would have just... Uh, icing on the cake. Yeah. Uh, this this just gives me T- like... Two nothing Oilers. <laughs>
2: yeah. This
0: is also, from uh, five shots on goal, they have two goals.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I also, I also know odds, why I Ottawa's... I, I know why Ottawa's the worst team in the league. I just saw their defensive pairings tonight.
0: Who's in goal? No I, way you can start Murray again.
2: I don't know, but it's Shabbat Zaitsev, Riley Zub, and Goodbranson Coburn.
0: Shabbat Zaitsev is a pretty good third pairing.
2: Yeah, that's your top pairing. <laughs>
0: yeah, Connor McDavid already has two points.
2: Already, Connor
0: McDavid's gonna get a hundred points in a fifty-six NHL, se- 56 Ho- six game NHL season. Hot Hodgberg's in goal. Yeah, Magnus Hodgberg. He's not good. Uh, yeah, he's oh, I not think good. Pulli Harvey scored. Pulli did score. McDavid has his 16th assist of the season. He's, he's got, going to get 100 points in 56 games. He's got he's got three goals uh, or three saves, and there's been five shots. Uh, yeah, 60% save percentage, never what you're looking that's for. That's not good. No, that's never what you're looking for. <laughs> that's really not good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Connor McDavid is a cheat code. Like, that's just not fair. First, yeah, no.
2: First goal for Paul Yarby in two years.
0: Well, he held out most of all – he held it all last year. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he's back there. I did not think he would end up back in Edmonton. I really thought he was going to be a New York Ranger. They it seems close. like the Rangers just keep going out and getting more people, and then just continually being bad. It's kind of funny, right? It's, it's like what?
2: What's a guy went team? Except like ten years ago when they went out and got people, and they weren't.
0: Yeah, go, well, go, it really started with Scott Gomez for the New York Rangers. Oh, fuck them. They go got Scott Gomez, that. and then.
2: No, before that. Who? Who are you thinking? Oh, yeah. He I got that. He wasn't a good either. to that giant deal.
0: Was the last good one, Yager?
2: I would say Rick Nash.
0: I was going to say. I Mark would say Saint Marty St. Louis, Louis. Louis before and Rick Nash.
2: I, I would have said St. Louis too. I was
0: going to say Mark team. Messier. The last guy to take him to the cup. Or win the cup for him. They, went out they used him, to right? be good at it. Well, in the ni- But like, then it got to hit or miss, and then it got to miss, 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 miss. Like well, Eric Stahl, big yeah, miss. When did they go to the Cup? 94. 20, no, 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 not that one. Oh, 20, 14, 2014. 2014. So that, I think that's, that was St. Louis, That's Nash. the last time they actually did And okay. then they go out and they get Eric Stahl, and that doesn't work. No. They had Jesper Foss. They gave him away. Yeah. But fun. I wanted Jesper Foss so fucking bad. I still do. Where is he? Carolina. 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 I want him. He's but, so good.
2: But they did manage to get Mika Zibanejad and a second-round pick for Derek Broussard.
0: Yeah, that highway robbery. I also want Mika one, right.
2: one of the best trades of the past.
0: Highway robbery. Life Not period. for Ottawa. Highway robbery. You know who could really use Mika Zibanejad right now? The Ottawa Senators. Yeah. And they, they had him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 3-0 Ed, uh, Edmonton. Already, it's seven shots on goal. It's three nothing. <laughs> I got the game on right here. <laughs> this
2: is beautiful. I mean, I, that, dude,
0: there's five twenty four left. <laughs> like last year, we talked and we thought the Detroit Red Wings are the worst team in NHL history. Now Ottawa's just rivaling them. <laughs> Ottawa really feeling like Although, making a push this year. To be fair, we, Ottawa could get better. out of this slump and be better than Detroit last year. When you have fifteen wins by the trade deadline, that's a problem. If they allow, if they have a worse goal differential in. 10 less games this season. Detroit's was historically bad last year. Yeah, what was their... Uh, oh, dude, I mean... Goal difference. The was, second... Just, I know they were at like... Dreisaitl, was, Dreisaitl right? was the guy who scored. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl also going to have a 100-point season in 56 games. See, but is Dreisaitl good, or is he good is Conor very good. You think so? is oh, yeah. amazing. Because they like only they play, play together when they're on the power play. Yeah, that's true. And it's, it's Dreisaitl all the What's other... It's seventh, seventh goal of the season. And the
2: two, the two best power plays in the league are Edmonton and Toronto.
0: You're leaving out Washington there, bud. No, Edmonton and Toronto. It's it's a different... Washington's is baffling because it shouldn't work, and it does. Because you just stand Ovechkin at that dot... and That's all he, he needs it. to do, and like, then he scores. That's it. You, you put Ovechkin there, and like, then he scores. I, I think your odds would be better just having one guy stand in front of Ovechkin the whole time and play three on four the other half of the ice. Yeah. I mean, I, well, that's what we did with Zajac last year. The man's done the same thing since 2006, <laughs> and nobody's been able to stop it. <laughs> he's just—he's a, a beast. And it's not even that no one can stop it; it's when people then sit somebody on Ovechkin. The rest of the team has so much room they can just score. Yeah, having Backstrom and Oshie Really helping that. Case. Oh my God, TJ Oshie too. All mm-hmm. right, so let's move to and our... now. They have uh, Chara too. He scored. The other did night. you see what happened with Charles Sticks? Yeah, they got shipped to some guy in New Jersey. Some dude got them in the mail from $5,000 worth of s- sticks. <laughs> he tweeted at Washington and said, hey, Washington, uh, why did I just get these? He, he, I was. And looking then he at the said, stick. when's practice? The flex is so high on that stick, it's basically like using a tree as your hockey <laughs> stick. The damn thing does not bend. It's because he's enormous. I know. <laughs> That probably you bends wonder, for him. The you same wonder amount how from- the man shoots 110 miles an hour. It's shit like that. Now, I wonder if he would shoot faster if he had more flex. I think the stick would snap. I think it would, too. Like but just, do you think he could find that sweet spot in the flex where he could just shoot faster? It fast might be enough? that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, so let's move now to... Uh, Pamela Maldonado joining us now. Uh, She's from Odd Shark. She's a sports better, and we're going to talk about the ever-changing landscape of sports betting in the United States, as well as this NFL season and bets for the big game this Sunday. And uh, some of them might surprise you. So here comes Pamela Maldonado from Odd Shark. Okay, so we have Pamela Maldonado from Oddshark coming on the podcast today. And Pamela, I want to thank you for being with us. Um, Everybody on the podcast is somewhat of an amateur sports better. You know, we look at it. We look at the lines each week. Uh, And from a football perspective, how has betting football been different this season with many of the games being fanless and potentially COVID absences the day of the game. Like how challenging has it been to handicap and look at games this season?
1: I think it was harder in the beginning of the season because it was such a new concept of having no fans in the stands. You weren't quite sure how it was going to affect the dynamic of the game itself. Um, Were players going to be able to hear things? Were they going to be kind of having to bring their own energy because now they don't have to feed off of that crowd energy? Um, I mean, but I think as the season went on, you kind of learned that, hey, it didn't really matter after all. This isn't like, Playing in Seattle, where you have the 12th man, and we're at AM, but like, and then eventually some colleges ended up having fans, others didn't. And then some said that they would have 25% capacity, but you would look at the crowd and know absolutely how is that 25% capacity. But I think um, you kind of just, I, as somebody who does sports betting from a numbers perspective, um, I've never factored in home field advantage or. Crowds and fans in the crowd, so like that's never been part of my handicapping. So it's if I never used it before, why would I use it now? I mean, if anything, what was really tough about it was the last minute, uh, the like literally right five minutes before kickoff, the announcement that X and X player was not in, and because of COVID related issues, they never said it was COVID related, but of course we know that it was COVID. they wouldn't tell you because it's college. They don't have to tell you who the players are. So you're kind of having to like guess eventually, like for example, a team like Minnesota, uh, the Gophers, they had COVID issues. I think literally every single weekend of the entire college football season and people would freak out about it. Oh my gosh, 12 players are out. Let me make it all of a sudden. You see the line shift away from them. They were three point favorites and now they're three point dogs, whatever the case was but eventually you kind of like know that they've had issues. It's not a big deal. Do you have your quarterback? Do you have your wide receiver? Do you have your running back? Cool, I'm still in. <laughs> and then they would win the game outright. So it was like stuff like that, and you just kind of like ignored eventually. Uh, you, you look at the professional
0: level with it, and there are some instances over the course of the season where you looked at it and went, what's this line going to be? And I think what that, you know, biggest uh, issue, uh, situation of that, was that Denver Bronco game where they were without their quarterbacks yeah. and Kendall Hinton was starting at quarterback. Um, if you got in on that line earlier in the week and took the Saints minus like six or seven, whatever they were, and then they announced right. all the quarterbacks were going to be out, you, you were sad. good about yourself.
1: Right. I think that's such an anomaly situation. That's never going to happen in the history of football, probably ever again. So, I mean, I was not in on that game. I'm definitely I, – I don't know how to work with unknowns. So, it's – it was sure, like obviously taking the Saints said any line you would have gotten was money was plus EV knowing that they weren't going to have a single quarterback on hand. But you just also think as you were saying as an amateur better, you're thinking, but these guys are professionals. So they do know to some degree of how to – so I'm not going to like play the guessing game of are they going to be decent? Are they going to be terrible as we saw? So I would just stayed away from it. Just because there's a line on the game doesn't mean you have to play it. And that was a game that I just stayed away from entirely. Or it was an in-game opportunity. You saw it in-game, and you're like, oh, man, this is just going to be so awful. There was, it was live under opportunity, like, the entire game. You could have gotten every which number and hit. You could have taken the second half o- under. You could have taken the third quarter under, the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just endless opportunities there to take the live under betting or the spread. You just knew that they weren't going to be able to put up points so you can take the live under on the team total for the Broncos. So stuff like that you would look for.
0: Did you see uh, any kind of change from, let's say, the 2019 season to the 2020 season when it comes to spreads and uh, over-unders because of the lack of fans, because of the COVID conditions?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that I saw differences. I would say, I mean, I think it's been kind of over, especially in the NFL, you've seen over the years how home field advantage has shrinked more and has, or it's, gone down uh, the advantage itself has gone down season after season and it was after that cba rule where you know teams are having to actually rest during their bye weeks or so it's like it's play it's leveling out the playing field and so you have road teams that are doing well because they have they just they, they do because of the technology now, they do just now, now know how to travel. They know how to prep for games. And home field advantage just has statistically, over the course of like the last five, six seasons, has shrunk. And so I don't think there's a big difference because of COVID-related stuff or this season till previous seasons. Um, I think that's just something to keep in mind that, you know what? Play it as it is. Look at who's – more often than not, you pick the winning team, they're going to cover the spread. So just keep it, keep it simple, stupid.
0: <laughs> before, before we get to the Super Bowl I want to talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs because they're a strange team and uh, they seem to especially in the playoffs struggle at the beginning of a game maybe jump out to a little bit of a deficit and then come back and win mm-hmm. um, is there a situation where you look at their spread and you say I'm taking it or maybe live during the game you can get an alternate spread get them minus some points when they're down 9 let's say in that Buffalo game is that something you go out of your way to look for?
1: I mean I'm kind of 100%
2: yeah. I've never seen a team like Kansas city where it's just been like, they're so dominant, but they can't cover. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how that's physically possible.
1: Well, I mean, anytime you see them on the live line and they're down, you take them as a dog. <laughs> you take them, <laughs> yeah. you take the money line. I mean, that's like an auto bet every, every game. It doesn't matter who they are. If they're like, you take it for the Super bowl. Also, let's say they're down seven zero, ten zero, 10, zero, whatever. They're down seven, 10 points. You take them on the live line, at least to cover the spread. And then if you want, you can push it a little further and take them on the money line. And it's because of that stat that's floating around about Mahomes. He has never, since 2016, he has not lost a game by more than eight points. And who's the one team that almost did it? It was the Raiders. Are you kidding me? The Raiders of all teams. So you know that Mahomes himself is going to be the one. That's just telling you, they're always in the game. You can never, ever, ever count them out. They have such great – as much as you want to say that Andy Reid is the coach, I definitely want to say that it is 100% Mahomes. It is he knows what to do. And if there is a play that didn't – wasn't able to pull through, he's going to make it happen some way, somehow with his legs, with his arms, he's going to figure it out. He's going to find a way that he wants to win the game. So can they cover spreads? Not this season. So I'm never going to bet them as a 10-point favor to anybody. Um, It's an auto bet to the other side because until you show me that you can actually cover a spread, I'll put trust in you that you're going to cover as a maybe a six-point teaser, but I'm not going to put trust in you that you're going to cover anything more than three. Um, until you prove otherwise and then you hear people say all the time of oh they're playing with their food for 10 straight weeks they're playing with yep. their food really <laughs> maybe it's cute after one or two weeks but for 10 weeks straight now nah, there's something going on there and you have to look at the underlying thing of what is it that's going on there and if you look at their red zone they're really good in the red zone but kind of but they're not really converting those points those trips downfield into touchdowns they're converting them into field goals and then we see the field goal the kicker he's maybe missing an extra point here and a field goal there so those conversions that's why that's you're trying to cover a spread that's where the problems are going to come from
0: yeah those points definitely add up and you talked about the chiefs not being able to cover a spread for 10 weeks and they might have been you know playing with their food but there's no reason to only like squeeze by, squeeze by atlanta exactly yeah So, Super Bowl 55 is this weekend. It's the Chiefs and the Bucs. And right now the line is uh, hanging around three points in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, What are you looking for in this game from a points perspective? Let's go over under first.
1: Ah, man. I am inclined to take the – dang it. I'm inclined to take the under, and it was for the same reasons that I was looking to take the Chiefs and the Bills under is because I do know that the Chiefs are having red zone problems. They are – top 10 in red zone attempts, but they're not converting those into touchdowns. They, I think they go, I don't remember the stats off the top of my head. I haven't looked at it in a few days, but there's something like seventh in red zone attempts, but then they are 18th in red zone touchdowns. So you're converting those into field goals and or missed field goals because your kicker is kind of off and on. So you're telling me that you're making it downfield, but you're not scoring seven points. And when you are scoring their field goals, that's a great way to keep things under. And then the Bucks, you can't run on them. They're a really good run defense. And I know that they haven't played anybody quite like this Chiefs offense, but they find a way. And I just do think that this ends up being more of like a defensive game. I would like – I don't. what's the total right now?
0: Uh, right now it's hanging around 56, 56 and a half. Yeah. 56
2: and a half right now.
1: If you could get 57, I would really like to take 57. Um, it might go up, especially on game day. You have a lot of the, the people who come in last minute. Oh, I want to bet the Super Bowl. What do I do? They take the favorites. They take the over. That's a great opportunity for you to come in and take the under. Um, so I could think that line could definitely get back up to the 57 mark. I would look to be taking that. Um, you have a field goal kicker. You have a kicker in the Chiefs who's wishy-washy. A great Bucks defense who I'm hoping is going to step up. And then Chiefs who have shown that they have red zone problems. All great things that could lead to an under.
2: So going back to kind of talking about like the over and under and everything, how much are you using the regular season matchup between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers to kind of talk about how you're betting the Super Bowl?
1: I really don't. I look at this is a brand new matchup. It's a new week. They've had two weeks to prepare. Um the Bucks at the beginning of the season, even midway in the season, wasn't the same Bucks team that they are now. The Chiefs, they're not the same. They were covering spreads in the first few weeks of the season, and then they didn't for 10 weeks straight. So you have to kind of – I'm not going to say throw those things out the window. You can kind of look at it as like a blueprint, but then I wouldn't hold it to, oh, Tyreek Hill going to go off again for a bajillion yards in the first quarter. Like – What happened in the first game is really unlikely to happen again in the second game because now they have experience. They have the tape. They can go back and review. They know what worked, what didn't work. Was it zone defense that was better? Do we need a blitz more? Like, whatever it was that they did or didn't do in the first game, they're able to make adjustments for the second game. So, I I mean, I look at it, sure, we all did. But I'm not going to ever, like, hold much weight to it.
0: Now, my my thing going back and forth during a game is I'm always uh, hitting the long odds with next touchdown and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the Super Bowl is the highest betted day, sports betted day of the year. Right. And everybody who's anybody loves to get on on those prop bets. Is there any specific prop bet? I know that you're a professional or So Can you're not going to mess around with the prop bets. But is there yeah. anything like yard yardage overs for Mahomes or – uh, Brady, that you can look at, maybe receiving totals for Tyree Kill?
1: Um, I already did make one bet, and that is on Kemin and Bray, the tight end for the Bucks, to make a touchdown. Um, anytime touchdown is plus 250. And then I sprinkled some on first touchdown, which was plus – I want to say it was like plus 2,000. Um, I took this a few, couple days ago, so I'd yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, and those are the current lines. But we do know – And this isn't just for the chiefs. This is kind of like for a lot of the game, a lot of teams in the NFL, their weakness has typically, especially this season. I feel like has been against tight ends. Um, so first and foremost, I'm always looking to the tight end and seeing if they, I like their receptions, if I like their yardage, or if I like their touchdowns. But Brayton, he's the third on the Bucks with nine red zone targets. He's tied for second with four red zone targets. And these red zone stats, you know, they're really important when you come – because more often than not, you're going to find yourself in red zone opportunity rather than making 40 yard passing touchdowns downfield. Um, so I want to look at the guy who's getting the coverage. Oh, is he getting the snaps? Yes. Is he getting the coverage? Yes. Um, is the opportunities? Yes. And then are they are the Chiefs weak against the tight ends? Yes. <laughs> They're letting tight ends convert at a 75 percent rate. So they've given up nine red zone touchdowns, two tight ends this season. And then who had a touchdown? The first last week, or against the Bills, Dawson Knox. So, you just kind of follow follow a trend, and I like Kevin right.
0: Okay. Uh, So, before we let you go here, I got to ask you. Three-point spread in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs right now. What do you see this game being, score-wise, and who do you have in the big game?
1: Oh, well i have a futures on tampa bay for 1 and then i also do for local within family and stuff we have uh what is it the the squares and the, the numbers that you i got was yeah, the numbers did. that i got was 1 and 0 so <laughs> i mean if we're going to follow can we hit 2 for 1 i would love to see the bucks 3120 maybe of course that's super unrealistic <laughs> so maybe somehow it gets to like 4140 i don't know but no um if I was not – if I didn't have anything on this team, on this game, uh, I would still probably – right now I am leaning to the Bucks, and I'm debating whether still taking the plus three and a half um, because I like – if you follow me for college, you know that one of the things that I look at most is strength versus weakness. Well, what is their – what is the Bucks' biggest strength right now, this pass rush? And what is the most – if there was a vulnerability for the Chiefs, because they don't really have much, what would it be? And it would be that offensive line. They're missing Eric Fisher. He's going to be a really big, big-time player. That they're, It would be great to have him. Unfortunately, they're not. Their offensive line has gotten shuffled. They have one guy who hasn't been an offensive lineman since 2016. They got another guy that was let go by the Steelers in November. So, I mean, it's just kind of like you have too many missing parts, rearranged parts for the Chiefs on that offensive line, now going up against a killer, killer pass rush. I think Brady can do enough on the passing game. This offense, we don't need to talk about how many weapons he has. I don't care how many weapons you have. Are you efficient with your weapons? So it's going to be Brady and the defense. Can they do enough to stay within this number? And I think so.
0: So real quick, uh, this season I I believe we saw an exponential growth in – sports betting and really just the mentality towards sports betting is changing. It's becomes more legal throughout the United States. Right. Um, where do you see sports betting being a year from now in growth of popularity? Cause it's already insanely popular as it is. It's just going to grow more when more States start to allow sports betting. Right. Where do you see sports betting being a year from now?
1: I mean, you've, you've seen it. I mean, it's in the numbers in 2018, there's only one legal state. And that was Nevada. And then in 2000, what was it? 19, like six months later, it was in, what, like eight states. And now we're up to 20 states. I mean, I think it's only going to grow bigger. And then you have states um, that are needing to do it because of revenue. Uh, It's really going to help out their states. They're going to find a way to like profit from that. Something like Texas, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I live in Texas. I don't think it's going to happen because our, our economy is so well off without it. We don't need it. It's, but you have the other states a majority of the country Texas is such an anomaly state' it, we're, in a, we're in a country of our own essentially so that the rest of the other states as their need, with lockdowns happening with businesses being shut down with their economy still not having bounced back from the pandemic you're gonna see a need for extra revenue share and where are they going to get it from sports betting uh, so I would definitely imagine that right now we're at 20 I would not be surprised if we get to 30. Probably within the next five years, if not faster, three years, it's gonna happen. It's gonna yep. be across. And coming from poker, it's sad to see because poker just never got the same type of like recognition as sports betting did. So, I mean, it, being in the industry now, I'm happy that it is, but you know, I'm kind of feeling sad about the poker not being <laughs> not being legalized in the states like sports betting is.
2: Yeah. So with the pandemic and everything, because we, t- we were talking about this a little bit earlier, you know, you're getting, that's just more revenue. And with people have finding less and less to do, everybody's going to sports playing. The numbers are just skyrocketing through the roof.
1: Absolutely.
0: Just. Yep. So um, yep. Uh, Pamela Maldonado of Odd Shark, we want to thank you for being on. If there's anything you want to plug, go ahead now, now to your opportunity.
1: Uh, no, just check out oddshark.com. That's where you can find uh, articles. Um, I do have... Now that football is kind of winding down, me and myself, I really just focus on PGA and ATP tennis. And what do we have next? The Australian Open. So I'm excited about that. So if you like tennis, tennis betting, you can follow me on m 35 on Twitter.
0: Uh, Australian Open, 30,000 fans, right?
1: Yep. That is a 25, yeah, 30,000 fans. Uh, they're going to be spread about, Spread apart through multiple courts but i mean some fans is better than no fans and that's what we've had in tennis world so i'm really excited to see us kind of get closer back to the norm
2: and that's like the largest crowd we've seen probably since this whole thing started right yes absolutely
1: we had nothing for the u.s open it made a huge difference not having a crowd so this is gonna be i'm so excited for this like and they want to expand it. So they're having 30,000 fans at the beginning of the tournament, and they hope to have closer to 50,000 by the time the final rolls around. So if that is the case, the, it's going to roar, and it's going to be a great one.
0: Pamela, I want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, Pamela Maldonado of Odd Shark. It was really fun. Uh, good luck this weekend with the Super Bowl. And okay. uh, just enjoy what we have left of football and enjoy tennis as well. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: So, thank you, Pamela, again, for coming on. Uh, Amazing time talking with her. Uh, Cameron Bray.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite interviews that we've
0: we've done cameron brate is a very interesting choice for a touchdown the super bowl and she i like i like her picks the Bucks. of the box listen, listen she money, knows yeah. she money knows line talent. and spread is what she likes she knows talent man uh, tom brady is talent you can't you can't argue with the king listen i think this is going to be tom brady's last year to walk out there he's going to prove listen he's going to play until he's like 50 dude he said the other day remember when it was i'll retire when i'm 40 and then it was, I'll retire when I'm forty-five. And yep. now it's, you're gonna retire when you're forty-five? I was like, nah, I'm probably gonna play past forty-five. <laughs> he, well, to be fair, he hasn't been touched like his entire career. He got injured that one season, and he bro- broke his collarbone, I think. Was that what it was? I thought he tore his ACL. Was it that? Um, I don't remember what he, he did. He tore his ACL back in
2: two thousand
0: and eight. The year oh, exactly. after they went yeah. sixteen and zero. Yeah. Matt Castle went ten and six that year. Did Could you
2: imagine Twitter? No, right? Could you imagine Twitter Next if season? they found out Tom Brady tore his ACL the first season, the first game after he went undefeated?
0: Football Twitter now would explode. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Back then it wasn't as big, but that now. That would be
2: Mahomes. Right now. If, exactly. yeah, oh, my
0: God. They,
2: yeah.
0: It would be. That's what it would be. But, uh, you know, you got to look at. The experience, and obviously, we'll talk more about this on Friday. No, we... dude, join us Friday. Fun episode, my favorite episode of the year. It's our bets <laughs> episode for the Super Bowl. I already have almost fifty prop bets in for the big game, and that number will be growing because I hit some bets tonight. That's just more money for me to pump into a game where I finish <laughs> either even or barely up, like a dollar or two. I got my bets. I got my bets ready for Friday. I I cannot wait. I am Shout spread out, out to over... the over of uh, the national anthem. Two minutes and five seconds. Did you bet the over? Uh, the odds weren't high enough for me to do anything My with that, great. so I took what they're going to be wearing during the National Anthem. Thank oh, you very much. What, what is is what, what what is that? We'll get to that on Friday. Okay. Um, <laughs>
2: what is that face? The number is I going to grow see. because
0: I've placed fifty, almost 50 prop bets. Almost none of them have anything to do with Football. player <laughs> yardages, <laughs> player receptions, and I want to dive into that heavily for this game because I think – Every kind of offensive yard is a lock for the over. Yeah. I See, here's the thing. Both teams have a fairly good defense. The Bucks have a really good up-front defense, which is going to be a problem because KC uh, plays the deep ball. And KC has a fairly good uh, yeah. backyard defense, which is good, which is bad because Tom Brady likes to throw it short and let his players do the rest. All he does is dump five-yard passes to Gronk the entire game. And then Gronk falls down and then gets injured, walks off. <laughs> and then he comes back on to the My dad's later. even placing prop bets. And then we, will, we will also awesome. announce that my, da- my dad doesn't bet. He just opened a FanDuel account. He placed six prop bets today, oh, no. two of which are on Gatorade colors. Look what you one beat. of which because of what Tom-, Tom said. I had a dream that the Gatorade was purple. My dad's like, I like that. $5 on purple. Tom.
3: You should get in on that.
0: I'm not. Why not? Because it's not going to be purple. You don't know, trust my dreams? Red is a lock, Tom. Red? Red is not red a, is a lock. lock. I took lime, yellow, or
3: green. Right? I mean, we games. literally saw last Orange year. just a
0: favorite. Red teams.
3: We literally saw last year a color as a heavy underdog, and then it just went to, like,
0: favorite the next
2: day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the Saturday so before. Should I, should I say right now what color I have to Gatorade, or should I wait till? Go the- ahead.
0: Yeah, what color you got, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. You ready? Yeah.
2: I got purple.
0: Okay, you're wrong. I do have some money sprinkled on purple just because the odds were so nice, but I'm a yellow-green guy at the moment.
2: Yeah, you were telling me about yellow-green.
0: All right, so we have two rumors to finish off the show with. Uh, and they're good rumors. They're very good NFL oh, rumors. I'm so excited. Which right, let's one? right, let's start with the lesser one first. Watson? Yeah. Okay, so the rumor is that the Las Vegas Raiders would be interested in Deshaun Watson, this and the trade so package would involve Derek Carr and probably some picks going back to Houston.
2: Well, Derek Carr would actually go to a third team. Was also what I heard. Potentially, oh. I, I think Freeway if you're
0: fan? Houston, you would want. You need a quarterback back, unless you trust in uh, what's his name? Help me to out here. the draft. Who? Oh yeah, no, they're they good. what? What Houston? position is uh, the Raiders <laughs> in? What what number pick do they have? Oh, it doesn't matter. They're they're lower. They missed the playoffs by like a game. Okay. Because I was, Bears, I was still thinking like, about the Jets one where they try to draft. Uh,
2: now the thing is, like the Raiders are by us, the Patriots, uh, the kind of the Bears. Who else seven nine? Arizona.
0: Now everything I've heard out of Houston mm-hmm. is that if they do trade Deshaun Watson, they're going. Which to. right now they don't want to. They're going to. If they do trade Deshaun Watson. They said that doesn't propel them into a rebuild. That leads me to believe they want a quarterback back. Yeah, of and course. what quarterback should be rebuild, but definitely is not full rebuild. Derek Carr. <laughs> I would love to see what Sean Gruden could do with Deshaun Watson. Oh my god! It...
2: And plus, here's here's why I really like this for the Raiders is because they need something to compete with Herbert and Mahomes. Yeah. Very What's tough that?
0: division quarterback-wise. Senators, okay, I'm sorry. Senators are a power play. They still haven't gotten, they haven't had a shot on goal in yeah, like 20 minutes. Yeah, I just watched it. It wasn't good. <laughs> um, But, I, well, imagine having Watson, Mahomes, and Justin Herbert in the same division. One, you can single-handedly just count out Denver for the next 15 seasons. Yeah. I'm basically already sorry, doing Drew that. Locke. Uh, Drew Locke ain't going to last. You got one more year of Drew Locke. Oh. I like Drew Locke. And if a decent quarterback falls to Denver, you're no more Drew Locke. The oh, yeah. Drew Locke experiment's over. Was that really an experiment? Yeah, I'd say a year and a half is an experiment. Ah. Everybody in Denver was so high on Drew Locke when he was sitting on the sideline rapping. <laughs> that was funny. Like and <laughs> now funny. here we are. And now people are telling him to stop rapping and you said he's never gonna change. Yeah. It's like Gardner Minshew in uh in Jacksonville. That's Basically gone. now where does Minshew end up? You think he's going to get He's going to be him? a backup somewhere because just gonna, He might be the backup in Jacksonville. Yeah, I could see that. It, an NFL team would like to bring him in. Yes. Just because it there's some value there in he's a selling Gardner Minshew. Come on, Gardner Minshew's fun. Why not put him in a town where he can actually play? But let's say put you're let's say you're the Raiders and the Raiders need a defense so bad, but if the Raiders were to get uh Deshaun Watson, I would draft Nelson Aguilar so high <laughs> in fantasy. Nelson Aguilar had a decent year with Derek Carr this mm-hmm. year. It would be nuts with Deshaun Watson. Are we gonna also, talk about Darren Waller would be the most valuable the second most valuable tight end in football. Are we gonna talk about our uh, if he's not already legacy league on the show or no? Yeah, when we get closer to it, yeah. Okay. Because why are you shaking your head?
3: Just what you said about Darren Waller. He's what?
0: good, he's not second already. Second most valuable fantasy tight end. Yeah, yeah, and then you said Waller. if not
3: already, if not he's not if not
0: already. Okay, first is Kelsey. Two's Kittle. Yeah. Okay. Last season? Last season, though. All right. No, I'll give. I'll concede Kittle. Okay. But Kittle's good, but he wasn't. Is Waller three? Yeah, Waller. What a decent quarterback potentially have the chance to make Waller two. Waller fucked me last year. Potentially. Like imagine yeah, buddy, Deshaun Watson rolling out and having nobody downfield. But who's that? <laughs> I'm gonna. Who's that? Ten yards downfield with nobody near I'm him, gonna say potential
3: yes, but reality no just because if it's, it's the Raiders. If it's well, I mean, yeah. But also, you know, Jimmy G likes to
0: throw to George Kittle a lot. <laughs> well when you don't have Jimmy G, G might win. be out soon. I don't think he's gonna. Imagine Deshaun Watson on the 49ers.
2: Remember when we all thought no, that that Zach Ertz was like a top four tight end.
0: Zach Ertz, I don't he think that I, one I don't think I've seen a, a player fall. That quickly. What Zach Ertz? Yeah.
2: Where's yeah. Alex Jamal Smith? Jamal Garrels has entered the chat. He's retired.
0: He's retired.
2: I mean fantasy wise. Yeah.
0: Oh, good for him. He's gonna retire. I I, I Are you sure? I I, I fully I fully believe him him. Alex Smith is going to retire. I thought he was gonna wanted to play. Because Well, I heard Riviera wants to move on from him, right? Rivera. Rivera, whatever. Riviera. Close enough. He I looked at the, the odds yesterday of uh, the most likely team to land Cam Newton and the favorite was interesting. Was it the Washington football team? The Baltimore Ravens. Why? Just a battle. I Lamar? like that. I mean, I guess I the mean same that is a damn good mentor. I I thought RG three was good. No, mentoring Lamar Jackson. Mm. Cam Newton's a, a step up. The only thing RG three can tell him is be careful because you're gonna get injured and die. <laughs> and then your career is going to go down the toilet. You're going to be the backup. For like You're going to be time. the most promising quarterback in history, and then just nothing happens. Dude, I loved RG3 when he played. He, I, I've never loved a rival quarterback as much as RG3. No, that's false. I like Jason Campbell a lot. <laughs> um, all right, let, let's move to the bigger of the two rumors, because oh it's I'm just so excited. weighing on
2: me. <laughs> yeah, this is from Incarcerated Bob. Buddy.
0: Incarcerated Bob, who has a damn good track record when it comes to his sports rumors. Um... There are rumblings around the league that Andrew Luck could return to the Indianapolis Colts this season. Best quarterback rumblings. they've ever rumblings. had. Rumblings. And it's in the Just early stages of rumblings. Very, very early. All he has to do is say, I want to come back, and it's done. There's no question in my mind he's allowed back if he wants to. Philip Rivers could say he's not retiring, and he wants to play another season. No, he retired. Yeah. He could change he's his mind. He's also not under contract. Is he not? He no. was only a year? Yeah. All right. One year. Jacoby but, Briskets could say he wanted to play. But no, Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck goes back to Indy, I think a very dark horse candidate to be the next quarterback of the New England Patriots is Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Because of a familiarity. I don't I don't even think Jacoby Brissett's that bad. He's not. I don't think he is either.
3: No, I think what happened the year he started is just that he got hurt at one point and then they kind of just threw him off a bit for the rest he, of the year he's and definitely, never got another chance.
0: He's definitely a serviceable starting quarterback. Yes, I believe so. 100%. But Andrew Luck in the AFC South.
2: By the way, worth noting, uh, incarcerated Bob deleted tweet.
0: Why? Oh. Mm. All right, let's still talk about it. Fuck it. You throw Andrew Luck back in the AFC South. Are they the top team in the AFC South? I think so. I put who them else, over the Titans. I know you don't. Who else is in the AFC South? Basically, just the Titans. It's the no, Titans, I, I Texans, put them, and Jacks. I put them over oh, the Titans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. They're back to the top because they have a damn good Dude, Indy beat that with Philip Rivers I mean, There's a question though on
3: whether or not Andrew Luck is going to be rusty when he comes back
0: if he comes back if, if he comes, comes back. back
3: like if he comes back and he's rusty then you make the case that Tennessee yeah. will be will be. It depends
0: how hot of a start Tennessee can have.
3: It also matters if they have Derrick Henry. Like Is Derrick Henry's if, contract up? No. Oh, he signed
0: son- son- no. the extension. No, he, he did. His oh, contract okay. was up last season. So oh, if okay. Tennessee What's starts like... E. Brown? If Tennessee, let's say, of course, over five games, if Tennessee starts only 3-2 and two and Indy starts like, I would even say 1-4... Indy can still come back and at least tie them record-wise, and you yeah. just need really one game. You really need to dominate your division, and you're going to dominate teams like Jacksonville and Houston. I don't care how much Russ Andrew Luck has. Yeah. Even if I, Deshaun Watson still I care about Russ
3: Andrew Luck has. I, okay, I think that's Against good.
0: Jacksonville or well, Houston's
3: defense? Now, you can wait, get, wait, wait, long, let's not forget with, that Jacksonville did beat the Colts, and Jacksonville will be better next year than this year. Yes, I
0: think so. A lot better. But I'm not expecting – like being Trevor Lawrence guard. to set the world on fire in his rookie season. Why not? Because no, Jacksonville's roster is not built for that to happen. Yeah, but the roster last year wasn't built was to beat brilliant. the Colts, and they beat the Colts week one. Joe Burrow wasn't supposed to be as good as he was. I chalk. Yeah, we still had a number one receiver. Yeah, he had two of them really, and I chalk up uh, and Joe Mixon, and I chalk up that to Philip Rivers' new system with no preseason. Give me four preseason games before that. I think Jacksonville doesn't win a game this year. Okay.
2: Remember when well, Jacksonville, Jacksonville said, tried uh, to
0: not win a game this year. Let's be honest.
2: Jacksonville, Jacksonville tweeted out, we're there. not satisfied with 1-0 and, they and lost 15 straight. Yeah, that's impressive.
0: Jack, they, they did that on purpose. Like, let's not pretend that Jacksonville was just well, the bad. the thing was, it wasn't that they were just they bad. They should have won. Sat Minshew. He was healthy. They well, kept no, in that shit there, quarterback. There is our, Gardner Minshew was terrible last year. Gardner Minshew was awesome. He's awful. He's he great. is a very bad quarterback. I hate you. And I was in favor of starting Mike Glennon. You didn't wasn't it the Vikings that almost lost to the Jags? Yep. And the Bears had problems with the Jags and the Packers had problems with the Jags for some reason. Bears always have problems with everybody. The Bears also They're, were like people, 11 people and 5 and, and then just never did anything past that. No, but not 11 and 5. Players. What were they?
2: Here's, here's 5 the and, ele- five, yeah. and 5 and 1,
0: 5 and 1. And then they the ended, ended up
2: was worst.
0: Yeah, I but if you put Andrew Luck back on the Colts, I think they're the favorite in that division. Yeah. No, 100%. But Andrew Luck is just another Take element. it a little wider. Still not beating the Chiefs. And I don't think you're beating the Bills. I don't know. I, I don't, think you have, not to be, I don't know you have a chance. I don't know if you're beating Cleveland. I think Andrew Luck has unfinished business. I don't think he thinks that way. He's a weird guy. Uh, he's so nice. Mentality. I know. I love it. But... I love his sportsmanship. There's a team next year that I expect to take a big step forward, and that's Cleveland. Um, I think Cleveland takes a huge step forward it next season. It all depends for issue. Cleveland.
3: When it comes to Cleveland, it all depends on what Baker Mayfield can do. Yes. And that's with having Odell Beckham as well. Do you see Odell Beckham on that team next year? No. Where do you see him? No. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not important they for the Browns next year. They did better
0: without Odell than when they had him.
3: Let me ask you this. What do you see the Browns having in place of Odell Beckham? Do they get a pick out of them? Do they get a player? They get a pick, but I they think they
0: roll pick. with the same wide receiver core and tight ends. Okay. Because Jarvis Landry is very good. Robert uh, Jones was good last year. Higgins is good. Yeah. Uh, you might go out and get another wide receiver. You draft one in the second, third round. But it's not a necessity. They need some offensive line help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, you got the running backs, you got the tight ends, you got the wide receiver. You got the defensive side of the yeah, ball should defense. be better than it is. Uh, a lot Baker of that was Miles Garrett being yeah. hampered by injury at the end of the season. I, but
3: I notice you just don't say quarterback, saying that they have one.
0: They do have a quarterback. You do believe they they do. Have yes. Baker Mayfield? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. I think Baker's problem was that he got drafted too high, and I I don't mean that in that like he wasn't good. I mean that in like he got drafted. First overall, and then everybody had all these expectations for him. And then he came in, and he did okay with a really bad Browns team. And then everyone was like, well, you were supposed to be the guy, and now you're not. You suck. Like, this is awful. But, like, be fair. If he was drafted 25th, you wouldn't be saying the same shit about him. He, like, just that little bit of difference in the draft where he went, you wouldn't be talking wouldn't be saying as— if he, if he went fourth. Yeah, like, you wouldn't be talking as much shit if he didn't go first He just first got, he got the weight being the number one pick. But let's say Andrew Luck comes back. Uh, I'd say your top five offenses in the AFC with a— Andrew, by, like, week eight, let's say Russ is gone on Andrew Luck, is uh, also he'd be, he'd be coming into the basically the same system. Yeah. Casey, Casey won, KC, Buffalo, Buffalo, uh— the Chargers. Ah, say, the Chargers, see, uh, are on the Chargers' offense is going to take off next year. I am telling it's you. It's hard to say that. Have they fired their head coach yet? Yeah, they already okay. have. Anthony Lynn is gone. Yeah. Who's, who's the new head coach? Brandon Staley. From. Rams. Coordinator. Yeah, the Rams' defensive coordinator. Need, which is where they need more help. You need a good offensive coordinator as well. If they had. They blew. If I was them, I wouldn't have changed offensive coordinators. Because that was not the problem. It was Anthony Lynn's time management that lost them 10 games last year. Honestly. but trying to kick field goals. I I I would say another year, Justin Herbert, I'd say they could be the number four offense in the AFC. That doesn't translate to winning games exactly, but I could see that being like the number four offense. And then number five, I I would have to say Indy and Andrew Luck. Yeah. Because think about what the the connection Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton had before he left. That comes back. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I see that, and you also just have like the added additions. They got I Maybe guess,
0: the Raiders sneak in there too. It yeah. depends who the quarterback they is. They got
3: Pittman, and they got uh, Jonathan Taylor now to add some help, cause I th- and Naeem Hines seems to kind of just be stepping up. So now overall, I, uh, Andrew Luck coming back, he kind of just adds more to it, and now they have a better overall offense, and the defense is better than yeah. when he was last there. I think if Andrew Luck goes there by week eight, if he gets back into the groove that he was, they can rival the Chiefs. I said it when uh, he came back for his comeback player uh, of the year. I uh, said he could have had a chance against I, them.
0: I don't think there'd not be a chance. We're, if we're talking a weekend in January, I do think the Colts would have a decent chance at winning the game. Regular season, That's where maybe not. Yeah, but Andrew Luck is one of the most poised quarterbacks we've seen in the last, let's say, seven years. I don't think being an arrowhead would deter him at all. No. In January. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode. I well, want to thank.
2: You know, uh, can, can, I, can, can I end with two things that I kind of want to go discuss? Go ahead. Number one, shout out friend Van Vliet.
0: 54 points tonight against the Orlando Magic. 54 for my boy. Points
2: most for an undrafted player. And number two, we've earned the right to celebrate, guys. We are getting a college football video game again.
0: Yes. Yes. And see, I'm going to lead Wyoming to glory. NCAA football is back. Wyoming. How yeah. How about
2: the fact that how about the fact that EA pretty much admitted that it was Coach Doug's? Uh,
0: shout out to Big Cat, he did uh, this. Yeah. Well, let's be he honest. He did this. It wouldn't have happened without no. Big Cat. And no. That, it Wouldn't have. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Like <laughs> amazing things. Dude, I love that. I just I think with the video game, it's interesting. Because you're using players and their likenesses and their numbers. They said they're not. How? How are they not? I'm going to be real with you. When I played college football, I didn't give two shits about who I was playing with. Yeah. I didn't care at all.
2: Also, that might change based on the recent name image likeness. Yes. I think the bigger
0: thing is just having a game with schools. Yeah. 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 Because the game. game modes in that game... Were so much better than your professional games Like when you had to recruit Like when you were playing it, cause Most people played their head coach mode We had to go recruit players Once you got a, a year in It was computer generated players anyway Yeah well, And just put a coach on the cover If that's such a problem Or put Joe Burrow In his Bengal Or at, at the draft or something Yeah Well no, I'm just we, saying If yeah, you're gonna yeah, have uh, If you're gonna have college players I think they should get paid That's just me I think you, they don't they shouldn't be if like let's let's take Mac Jones number 10 at Alabama if it's just some random computer generated guy no likeness or anything I don't think they should but if you're going to have a quarterback that wears the number 10 No no it, I'm even saying like let's say he's wearing like 8. Yeah, then that's fine. But with that being said, I do think there should be historic teams. With players that are in the NFL now that were... Out of college. Crap. Yeah. Like, let's say you can go back and play with the 2019 LSU team. Let's say you can go back so, and play... how are you going to pay those people for their... For their... I troubles. don't know. That's going to be the issue. Yeah, listen. Because they're not a part of any... Like, some of those guys yeah. have gone on to normal lives and not made it to the NFL. And now they're, they're living there. Like... Listen, it's... it's The reason that it, it stopped in the first place was because you look back at the... Uh, it was actually the basketball that ended it. Because there was a guy, and he was sitting there, and he was working at a fucking uh, car dealership, and he was trying to sell cars. And he was playing with his nephew, who was like 14. And he went, hey, isn't that you? And he looked at the screen and went, that's my number. That guy looks like me. Yeah, that's fucking me, and Listen, I didn't get paid shit for when this. When it goes down historic teams, you pick out uh, a team a year, maybe two, two teams for some years, like the undefeated UCF team, of course. They're never gonna pick that You've team. narrowed that number down enough that you can find that those. You players can approach ask them. Yeah, okay. That works. Like I mean, I'm not talking like I, I don't want like three hundred historic teams. Oh yeah. I don't give two shits about playing with the eighteen sixty nine Rutgers football team. That'd be cool. But also you don't have to pay for that. Seven they have seven great. people. They're dead. I know. We, we, I am we, we, so down also, for an 1869 Rutgers football team. Now, here's the thing, though. NCAA If Champions. you're playing with the 1869 Rutgers football team, there's going to have to be a special section where you play Rutgers rules and then Princeton rules, and it's going to get really fucking. I don't really think they'll get that far into it. See, but it get really fucking because they didn't play football the way we know it. They played soccer that you touch the ball. It was weird. But it's <laughs> cool. it's good to have at least that conversation. <laughs> it's basically rugby and soccer mix. It's good to have that oh, announcement from EA Sports because it's coming.
2: It's coming. Please get it, me, please give me the Rutgers 1869 uniform set at the minimum in that game.
0: For, from what I've heard, Brown. they're going to, uh, at the very least, start revamping some of their yeah, older. Yeah, remastering games. like 14-13 for your update. The ones that cost seven hundred dollars right now. Yeah, if that. They guy, also
2: said that they they got the school traditions, so you're going to hear, you know, the eyes of Texas. That was a big set. thing
0: of it too, because they put a lot of time into the stadiums and the, the student sections in the game. I the last thing I cared about was the likenesses of the players. Yeah, no, I understand. And that. I feel like we that was like that, that, that for many people playing it. I understand that, but the problem is they were still using the likenesses know, of those players. But let's say you completely took out player likenesses and just went and the with game random- doesn't. Especially now, after the hiatus, the game doesn't miss a beat. No, not at all. But you have to make that distinction. You can't be using players' likenesses except in California because they made it so players can get paid now, which I think is cool. Um and that seems like it's gonna go to the rest of the country, seeing like if it goes well in California it'll spread, hopefully. But uh yeah, it's it's gonna be a whole thing. All right, so I want to thank Pamela Maldonado uh, for coming on. It was a fun interview and she's prepared for the big game. If you missed our interview last week with Casey Dale, he's fighting on Friday, that's available on our podcast uh, network, on our feed. You can find that easily. Friday, we have our prop bet episode coming up, yearly tradition. This is the third year we're doing it. It is the most fun episode.
2: My first.
0: Yeah, Eric's first. Yeah. It's a very fun episode. So tune in Friday, uh, and we'll see you then, and we'll get our bets together and get ready to bet the Super Bowl.
2: Yep.